0: we're really passionate about is equipping allies with some power uh, and saying actually we're not here to be bystanders. Bystanders can go to the back of the room because they're not going to help. You know, we're actually here to be allies. You know And what does that mean? What can we do? Um, how do we actually empower ourselves with some little tools, some strategies uh, for our rainbow whanau? So you will have seen hopefully the various social media posts on the website. You will be familiar with our amazing speakers. We've got Michael Frost from In the Shift, Amanda from Already Enough and Zeal, uh, and amazing Reverend Fellow from our host, Dom Street Methodist. So we've got an amazing plan um, ahead for the next Aaron 15. So please feel free to interject, ask questions. Um, we're not here to have a lecture, um, although we are recording, yes. Um, so the intention is that we will record and then at the end of the entire conference we're going to edit it out so that we've got whatever resources we have if there's a fire and it all goes pear-shaped, someone has a meltdown, I mean, I'm happy to volunteer, but um, there'll be things that we can cut out. So don't worry if you if you feel that you want to say something and you don't want to do that because you're being recorded, please please don't say that. But maybe if you've really got a concern about that, maybe preface that with, you know, I'd like this to not be recorded or to, so that we can kind of flag that. Um, but the intention is not that this is going to be put wholesale online or anything like that. We're going to be editing, cutting it down, taking out all the nuggets, um, and at the very end of the conference, my, my dream is that we will have an amazing package of resources for people that have been here and potentially not been here so that they don't have to worry about having missed this amazing session. But um, over to you guys. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Um, it's great to see you. so many people here that are keen to hear about allyship. Um, and even though we've got this amazing introduction, we first just want to say that. We are not experts with allies. We continue to make mistakes and continue to say and do things that um, our LBGT rainbow community pulls us up on and with humility, we try to take that on board. Um, so if we perhaps just introduce ourselves a little bit and tell you how we got into being allies, mm. that might give you some idea of who we are, why we're here, we're not authorities on this, by any means, and we actually hope that we can learn as much from you as well. as can't see you sure. the back at all. Sorry? You can't, oh. can't
2: see us. <laughs> <Thank you>.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what perhaps we could do is, as we are talking, each of us could stand up. Is that helpful? Yeah. And we will just project our voices to the back. Does that sound okay? Right. So our hope is that we will be able to learn from you and glean from you also um, and together as a group of allies, we can go. That's a great idea, that's a stink idea, and that one needs
3: to go out the window. Okay. So, Mike, do you want to kick us off? Kia ora everyone. Uh, yes, I have like to use my, uh, my loud voice. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually took a wedding on New Year's Eve over the summer by the beach. Uh, I right, the waves were lapping at the feet, and, uh, and I got a lot of speak up please. There was, the, uh, there was no microphone <laughs> the surf was rolling in and so I had to yell many meaningful things about love um, <laughs> love is beautiful um, so uh, yes, thanks thanks, Amanda and, and, and I'm sort of, I'm very I feel very humbled and, and privileged to be in this whole space this weekend um, as I'm sure many of you do as well as allies uh, for those of you who in that space um, I What can I say about me? I live in Auckland. I'm from the Hawke's Bay, from Hastings. Uh, Thank you, Andy. Uh, Hastings represent. Uh, I came from or come from a very um, sort of conservative Pentecostal background in my life. Uh, And over the last mm, 15 years, I suppose, have been on a journey of pulling apart a bunch of that and then uh, in the process of, of examining that, reflecting on it, um, have seen the ways in which the beliefs I inherited have caused great harm to LGBTQIA um, plus folk, and have felt a responsibility, I suppose, as someone who has been a part of that conservative space, to try as as much as I can to undo the beliefs that have led to that harm, and to try and find ways to um, reinform, reeducate, and reshape the conversation going forward uh, in ways that will lead to flourishing. So that's, I guess, what drives uh, the, some of the work that I do. And uh, so I have a podcast in the shift where we talk about, you know, a number of these, a number of these things. And, and this conversation connects to a lot of other conversations as well. It connects to how we think about, like what we heard this morning about gender, but about scripture itself, how we engage. With, you know, there are webs of interconnected conversations that need to happen for the church. So, um, that's me.
4: Kia ora. my name is, uh, as Amanda introduced, Filomena. Originally, I'm from Singapore and uh, Indian background. And I came to New Zealand about, I think it's about 25 years ago. I have been a minister in, in, in different parts of New Zealand. Um, I'm married and I have uh, two beautiful <coughs> cats, <laughs> and, uh, Maya and Tambi. And uh, Tambi in my language means little one or vulnerable one. Maya is the mysterious one in my language. Uh, someone just asked me a few minutes ago, he stopped me and he said, Why are you so kind to us? It's like, what's the catch in being an ally? You know, accommodating us. And um, I I want to uh, begin with a prayer, which I love. It's by a cartoonist, an Australian cartoonist. And uh, he had written this. And um, God help us to change. To change ourselves and to change our world, to know the need of for it, to deal with the pain of it, to feel the joy of it, to undertake the journey without understanding the destination, the art of gentle revolution. It's by an Australian cartoonist. I think it's Michael Wick, yeah. And, uh, and uh, the why I'm an ally. I became an ally a, a long, long, long time ago. It started with my own journey. My journey as a migrant here. And uh, the need to feel accepted, the need to fit in, the need to love. And as I got involved with community, I began to hear stories of the uh, individuals from the LGBTQIA plus community and they shared a lot of their stories. They were heartwarming, some were very broken, some were uplifting. And I found that there was a common thread going through and that is the deep longing to fit in the desire to be accepted as who you are. I'm an Asian colored woman and, and 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 the desire to be loved and and that is I think was the energy that I got from the people around me. Look, I want to stand by you and I want to do something and as a minister, I can say, I mean, everybody has power, but William Carey's movie, I've got the power, remember that, that movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it. And You're empowered by God. I mean, and I felt that, okay, that will give me a greater platform to bring about change. And that's why I'm an ally. So for me, why be an ally? What is the meaning of ally? It's someone who advocates and who is the voice of a community? Could be a marginalized community, any community, and uh, to, to stand by that other than their own. That's how I identify as being an ally. And also, if you, I feel that if I cannot be the voice for any marginalized community, then I cannot be the voice for the LGBTQIA+ community. It just starts with that. For me, it's like our philosophy, yes, open hearts, open mind, open door. So I feel that it starts with that heart.
1: That's it.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, kia ora, I'm Amanda, um, I'm come down from Auckland. My background was in Anglican and open brethren, there's a bit of a mix there. So I grew up in an environment where women weren't allowed to be in positions of leadership. In fact, even if you were part of a worship team, which I'm not because I'm time deaf, um, <laughs> you could only do that with the covering and prayer of a male. It wasn't until my husband and I went to Bible College in 2000 that I actually discovered I had a voice and I had something to say. In that time at Bible College, I did a lot of wrestling with God and it felt incredibly uncomfortable and also unfaithful to ask questions outside my comfort zone and my confirmation bias. What I discovered was that God wasn't putting these restrictions on me, but it was my church tradition that had done that. What I also discovered was that I had been living as a second-class citizen in my own church community and also perhaps in my environment outside that community also. There are still triggers that pull me up that those pathways have been set from a very young age of being a second class citizen of not being enough of feeling like an imposter as I step into spaces that I've been told I'm not anointed or I became a pastor at one of the churches um, in Auckland one of the Baptist churches and much to the credit of my senior pastor we did a series on relationships and one of those Sundays was on homosexuality and uh, young adult services, which was my portfolio. We were sort of a church within a church, and so my responsibility was to bring a message to them for this particular Sunday on homosexuality. We had about four or five weeks to put our message together, and as I was doing that, I realised how little I knew and how much I had just regurgitated and not questioned, and it felt incredibly unfaithful again to go outside of my confirmation bias I did the very best that I could, it's not a message that I would give today Um, it was one more of tolerance but it was also part of my journey and I just want to acknowledge that allies, we are on a journey also of unlearning and relearning and I want to honour that journey that you are all on as well I know how difficult it can be I know how unfaithful it can be I know how fearful it can be to even have a conversation with someone that you know might have a different perspective. But what changed for me is I was preparing for this Sunday on homosexuality. We were sitting around a table as a group of pastoral leaders and I had what only I can describe as a holy encounter. So here with my pastors I just started weeping and I couldn't stop and the only thing I could say is what if we've got this wrong as well what if we are as wrong about this as we have been about women in ministry, and from that moment God would not let me go believe me, I tried because I have no skin in this game none of my family identify in the rainbow community, my kids are not part of the rainbow community that they have told me about, we always leave room for that if that discussion comes up But what I discovered was what was stirring inside me was that there was another group of people that felt like second-class citizens. And one of the crossroads for me and my faith was if there are second-class citizens in the family of God, do I want to be part of that family? And this is one of the cornerstones, the foundations, that keeps me as an ally, is the fact that there are no second-class citizens in the family of God. And I see a lot of you nodding. So I know that God is stirring in you also. And perhaps you too have had similar holy encounters where God has called you and God will not let you go. So I just want to encourage you that at those moments when you think it's too hard, you just pray that God brings someone across your path in the next 24 hours that will remind you of why you are an And I, I know God will do that. God does that every time. So that's why I'm here. Um, I finished my role as a pastor. I finished under a very dark cloud. Um, I finished um, unwell, both mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I did what every other person does when they're in a breakdown period. I went and started studying full time as a master's. (laughs) 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 And applied theology at Carey Baptist College. Um, So I went in knowing that I had a lot to unlearn. I went in knowing that I had a heck of a lot more to relearn. And so in that process, my thesis was listening to LBG Christian Narratives, and their stories became the authority in my thesis. Believing their stories was a big learning for me, because as a pastor, I was taught I had to change people's stories. I had to give them the answers. And what I learned was I had nothing to give. I had no answers to give. The flip side of that was that I learned a lot more from the people I interviewed, and they were very gracious. and some of them are here at the conference today. Um, all of the information that I gathered up, I put into a website called alreadyenough.co.nz, and that is full of resources for people that wanna look at researching, want to look at how we are shifting in our faith, um, how for parents that need support, for kids coming out that need support, for allies, for church leaders that need support, and resources. It's there. It's a growing organism. Every time I come across a new resource that I get to go through, what has been recommended, it gets loaded up on there. So it's your one-stop resource place to go for that. So that's a little bit of um, shameless um, self-promotion not for me, but for already enough because the site is is for all of you and everyone else Yeah, so that's why I'm an ally um, I have learnt the hard way that I do not belong to the rainbow community I am a supporter and an ally of the rainbow community so I get to stand on one of the four corners of the boxing match that they are in and they are fighting and I see my job when I am invited to step up not into the ring but to keep the rotten tomato throwers out of the way and if necessary to get them out the door. So my role is one of protection when I am asked and when I am invited and there's something as allies we need to be very aware of that the invitation needs to be given mm-hmm. first. Right. So I'm wondering if we could perhaps hear from you of why you're an ally. Perhaps in a, just a short, concise sentence, have you had a holy encounter? Is there something that has driven you towards being an ally? Is it a family member? What is it? Offerings. Don't be shy.
6: Yep, oh, we stand. Go ahead. I, I want to acknowledge Michael first of all So I've gone through a whole lot of theological deconstruction I've just finished up as manager at Laidlaw here in Christchurch Beautiful place to be um, But years prior to that just doing some deconstruction And in the shift, it was <coughs> magical for that <laughs> For Amanda, um, just a great help in the um, Already Enough. Um, Sean, my husband who's in here, is pastor at Island That just just started a month ago. Their job description said we want someone to help us on our LGBT journey. We are the proud parents of a gay son. Mm -hmm. Um, And your place here has been so welcoming. I came here yesterday, sat listening to the human rights stuff and just found myself at home. I still don't have words to why I feel at home, um, except maybe this is just a beautiful space for me to have grown into as a mother, as an ally, and just feel like this oozes inclusivity. Um, So our son came out just over four years ago, um, won't go into that whole story by any means, I knew there was something very heavy on his heart. He'd married his best friend. He was in his early 20s. They came home to Christchurch wanting to talk to both sets of parents because their marriage was in trouble after a year. So I figured that um, there was either some infidelity or my son was gay. And I think I had always known somewhere in there that that was the case. But I would not have known what to do about that. So... um, He has just given us the most wonderful gift. And when he came to me, just before we were going to have our conversation, as he came to the family, um, I just said, how would I want someone to respond to me? So I looked at him and I said, Honey, there is nothing you can tell me that will make me love you less. And I could just see the relief on his face. And so from there, it hasn't been... Well, it has actually been a relatively easy journey because of my deconstruction in other ways. But i just remembered one wee story, I will be quick, sorry, that it, retrospectively was my God moment. And Sean and I have been church planting in Mount Wellington in 1990, early 90s. Can't believe that's 30-something years ago, <laughs> going to say. Um... And we started church planting in the Baptist movement <coughs> through children's clubs. And we had a young girl, Camilla, come to our club, seven or eight years old, absolutely loved it. She loved hearing about Jesus. She hadn't heard about that before. She just loved the community of the kids' clubs. Then her mother came to pick her up one day and introduced herself and um, got to know Carol a little bit. And then about two months later, her other mother came to pick her up. And I'm going, is this, this You know, it was so naive of me to even think, what sort of relationship should I be having now? And um, as the couple of years went on, both her parents were very happy for her to come to us in our house. They entrusted their daughter with us. Camilla wanted to come to church, um, and so she would, you know, two or three years down the track, involved in our community as a child. Her parents didn't come because in the 90s, a little further back than now they um, knew probably church was not a very inviting or welcoming place, we tried to make it that way but they certainly had their guard up Um, the end of the story is Camilla wanted to grow in her faith and Carol and Claire knew that they didn't have what Camilla needed to help her grow, I still find this quite emotional they came to Sean and I and said would you be Camilla's spiritual guardians it didn't strike, I I felt very privileged at the time but now that my son is gay and I feel that the scriptures have opened up in such an alive way like this morning was amazing and I just thought these beautiful women entrusted their daughter to us but what have we done in return? We certainly haven't been as embracing as a Christian community. So I feel I want to be an ally because of my son, but I feel I need to be an ally as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no other choice for me. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Anybody else like to impart?
7: Um, (coughs) Kia I'm Andy, um, and for me it was really, uh, I grew up in an open brethren situation as well, so um, women, I could give all the reasons why women shouldn't be able to participate, and I could argue that very, very clearly, um, until I experienced a woman preaching and went, well that doesn't make any sense, because that's amazing. Um, and so that shook everything. Um, and then uh, a few years after that, Um, My brother got married and then divorced really quickly, and then I had to process, well, I have very black and white views on divorce, so what does that look like? And it it was just these gradual stages of unpicking, and so (coughs) having been very feminist in my theology, um, and then exploring that world, and then it's sort of led from there. And and the the other thing was working in a workplace where um, a lot of my colleagues were lesbian and didn't at all match the stereotype that I'd been given as a uh, Christian growing up. So um, here was this thing that they were supposed to be like, and that wasn't what they were like at all. And so, um, yeah, all of those contradictions sort of have had me on a journey for about 20 years, and it wasn't until about I don't know, six years ago now, and I was pastoring the church, and the senior pastor wanted us to read some theology um, around this um, so that we could be a welcoming but non affirming space. Um, and, and so that we would have the answers you know, um, when we were challenged with these things and so I did that reading that he handed me and it it may be very good um, so <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's where I come from Hi Brian, I'm Tash, I'm really <laughs> quite emotional um, I was planning on
8: walking around to the back and crying at the back so no one could see me not standing up in front of everyone. But anyway, um, yeah, my journey started, um, oh, maybe about, um, eight eight years ago, maybe, um, me and my husband were, um, a part of an intentional household at our church. Um, and youth pastors, um, In our church, kind of intentional house, we had five people come out to us in the space of two years. Um, So I guess it felt like we became quite the spiritual parents to um, these young adults. Uh, That kind of started my deconstruction. Um, All these people were coming out for the first time to their parents, and most of them... um, their parents haven't been able to talk about it with them since or haven't felt accepted. Um, so it's felt like a really privileged journey um, for us. Um, have wanted to have more conversations um, in church but have felt being told that it's a distraction to our faith to, to, um, to talk about these things and a distraction from our ministry. So, our ministry ended over a year ago, and uh, I think I feel most emotional and most inspired by you guys, because I feel like I've lost my voice, and I want to fight to begin in this space, but I'm really scared, because um, my family are really not feeling, and um, because I feel so emotional about it, it's really hard to have one-on-one conversations as well um, so yeah I guess I, it feels this weekend I want to just learn it about how to find my voice again yeah
4: thanks Yeah. Thank thanks, yeah. yeah. The, the empowerment comes from God it is not I I centre I before you and I don't have the right answers to be an ally I'm still learning and still unlearning. But being an ally is not an easy journey. We are embarking on a journey. Like the guy who I can't can't remember, he asked me, why are you kind to me? And I said to him, we are on a journey. And I see my existence here is to promote the well-being and flourishing of humanity and creation. And, and I said that's how I see myself but being an ally over the years you have, I had have to take risks it's not an easy journey it is a very difficult journey and I have to start with myself I have to look at my own uh, assumptions my own stereotype uh, assumptions my own biasness also and we tend to put people into categories, the way they dress, the way they look. And, some, and, and I had to look at all these. And as a minister, I had this deep conviction from God that I had to set things right. So I stepped out of my comfort zone and went to Qtopia. And I introduced myself to Jennifer. And Jennifer asked me to say something to the young people. And that was a very difficult moment for me because the shoe is on the other foot. And I was in a different space. I was in their space. And I, immediately I start thinking, what are the assumptions they have of me, the church, the minister? All I said to them is that, I came here to seek your forgiveness for what the church has done to you, the hurts that you are carrying, and because of the religious institution and I represent and I want to set things right there was dead silence immediately uh, some of them came forward they started crying and shared with me the deep pain they were still carrying the church had done some were excommunicated some young adults and I had no words I just had no words and so it's a very difficult, emotionally draining journey for me and has been still. And to set things right. But I didn't know, by God's grace, I was, there was a pathway being opened a very unconsciously. And through that pathway, we have established a very good relationship with Qtopia and it went beyond that. When people know that you mean what you say, when you are genuine, they will come to you. We don't need to go running after people and forcing ourselves upon them. They need their space and we need to also uh, give them that space so that we can learn. I learned a lot about terminology that I didn't know existed. I have a, a, a colleague of mine who works for matri Social Services and Youth Housing Katie McGregor and she has done a BA in gender studies I go to her for help mm-hmm. <coughs> tell me the terminology and when I, I recently I met a um, non-binary person who came to our church and has gone through a lot of difficulty I sat three hours and said tell me your story I want to understand I want to listen because I don't understand what does it mean? So I think we have to be human and just say, look, I don't understand. Please help me. I think that's the best way to be an ally, to be authentic, to be honest, to show our own humanness.
3: Um, I just want to acknowledge, I suppose, the I think this whole weekend, just the level of pain that can be in the room as we have these conversations, uh, and that in this space, even as allies, there is loss involved. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's important to hold space for that for a couple of reasons. Um, one is because that's just a healthy human thing to do, is to actually uh, be in touch with um, what hurts. And... I think for me as an ally, one of the other reasons being in touch with that is so important is because I think, you know, some people here may have experienced, I don't know, loss of um, jobs or relationships uh, for being an affirming person, maybe for being an ally, maybe for advocating for the LGBT um, plus community. And that can be hard. And how much harder is it? for those for whom this is not a perspective they hold or a, a ministry thing they do, but is in fact uh, about their very selves, you know. Mm. And so um, even as I tune in to the challenges of the journey for me as an ally, for me mm. in a sense that is fuel for the work of, of justice um, because my experience is uh, not at the center of this conversation actually. You know, and, and I guess one of the things I've reflected a lot on is that people like me, you know, I'm a, I'm a cis, straight, white man with a podcast. Um, <laughs> classic. Uh, <laughs> a beard and a podcast, true. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, you know, the, the world is set up for me, and I am used to being at the centre of the conversation. And that just kind of is, you know. That is the way our culture is is designed. We heard a bit about that this morning, in, in some respects. Um, although I was never very good at being a Christian man, in the way that I was told. Um, anyone who ever went to Christian men's conferences? Anybody? No, they were weird things. A lot of, uh, the, of the women's ones princess and daughter of the house or something I, don't know. I was anyway there was a lot of pie eating and push up competitions which um, the first one was better for me than the second um, the, um, but you know I, the, the, the world and in particular the world of the church is set up for people like me and in this conversation I think sometimes um, one of the things I'm learning continuing to learn in this space is that even as I advocate for um, the liberation and the, the place of LGBT plus folk in the church um, I am doing so in a way that must be comfortable with me being you know. and the temptation sometimes for allies is to um, see ourselves as the, the heroic rescuers um, maybe even not consciously but sometimes just subconsciously still seeing ourselves at the centre allowing people in and I and I guess my challenge and my um, rewiring, suppose, which is a phrase afraid has been used a couple of times yesterday, has been about uh, learning to see that differently. Um, I think the language, even last night, of of the the gift of queer genius, you know, that the church is is desperately lacking because of its exclusion. Um, and and I think one of the you know one of the things in I did my PhD research in in theology was around um, the form of Christianity that I had grown up with and its engagement with Maori and um, indigenous issues and and stuff like that. And one of the things that I was mindful of as I was doing that research was what is it my place to speak about? And what, in fact, is it not my place to speak about? Um, How can my voice be one that is, is used because there is a level of privilege that comes with my voice? How can that be used not to elevate myself and my wonderful reflections in this conversation, but to elevate the voices of those who uh, whose voice has been marginalised or silenced? And so, um, I guess that's one of my reflections. Even you know, as allies finding our voices, that we are finding our voice as a voice that gives space <laughs> for the voices of others, right? Uh, to, and it's the way we use that power and that and that privilege in that sense. I think is. Is really important You know Um, I think Amanda mentioned before Like The invitation um, Rather than the presumption That we jump straight To the centre of the room And start dictating How this conversation Is going to go But that there is Listening There is a willingness To um, make mistakes And to hear When we make them From other people I think Again for those Who are used to being At the centre of a conversation Um I, the challenge for someone like me is um, I'm okay when I notice my mistakes um, but when other people want to challenge and I'm like but I, here I am doing my best as an, as an ally you know, that, the tem- that's the, the temptation sometimes and to, to let go of the defensiveness around any of that kind of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm it was literally a sign uh, and to be able to hear um, when we get it wrong and to listen and learn and be okay with that um, I guess these are just the reflections that are coming to the top of my mind as, 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 we, as we talk about this yeah can I ask him a question Yes. used the word our culture Which, what word did I use With our culture it to him. Our culture. Yeah, you didn't. what you were just talking about now, you, who is our culture? I think I'm talking about um, two things there, probably. If I remember, I'm not always good at remembering what I just said, but um, <laughs> uh, our Western um, culture, dominated by some of the values we were hearing about this morning, um, married with our, our church culture. In in particular, the kind of church culture that I came out of, which may be very, very different to the church cultures some of you have come out of. And so um, when I say our culture is is set up for someone like me, I guess I mean Western, uh, Christianized, even post-Christian culture is designed for the benefit of people like me. And um, every space I go into, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time... um, is designed with a, someone like me in mind, and whether that's healthcare system, education system, uh, a church community, uh, the, sh- the very structure and fabric of those institutions, those core institutions of our Western society, have been designed for the benefit of people like me, at, at the centre of those. And so when I talk about culture, I guess I'm, I'm talking about that. And so, um, you know, that's, I guess, my reflection on how our culture shapes the way that as cis straight white men in particular um, experience the world and are used to having conversations um, and that there's got to be a letting go of some of that in order to find uh, new voices at the centre. Yeah, Does that make sense? Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, I just want to follow on from what Tash was saying
1: as is- there are very real costs involved in being an ally. Um, when I left my role, um, it it cost me my job, and it also cost me my whole community of two thousand people. I haven't done that once. I've done that twice now, because the community I then went and joined with um, gave me the impression that they were more than welcoming. Only to find out that that wasn't the case, and so my husband and I have removed ourselves yet again from another community and there is a deep loss because you lose a tribe you lose connections you lose history and that's very difficult but this is only a a taste of what our, our Rainbow brothers and sisters family go through also trying to find a community that is embracing not only embracing but affirming and liberating. And I just you know, I just want us to be aware there is a very real cost. But I wouldn't do it any other way. Because citizenship, full citizenship, means, you know, we make sacrifices, we, we move, we change, we learn, we unlearn. Um, and on the topic of learning, I think as allies after what Carl was talking about last night, and he was I was quite impacted by it because it is so true that our rainbow community should not have to defend themselves in an argument, in an apologetic. So I wonder if as allies, that is one of our roles, where we are educated and we know our why, We know why we are allies. Um, So for us to get our hands on resources so that our rainbow community can reflect all this beautiful gifting that they bring without having to argue their way in. I wonder if that could be one of our roles as allies, is to know. And there are some brilliant resources that will help you to upskill and to unlearn and to relearn especially when we're looking at those bloody clobber verses that have been misinterpreted for way too long so to know that there are other ways to interpret those clobber verses that are life giving and flourishing and affirming for all of us for the church not just for our rainbow community As an ally, I think the thing that shocked me most of all was I thought I was being an ally to the rainbow community. But I'm also an ally to the church because I still love the church. And I I want to pull them along knowing the difficulty and the unfaithfulness and the messiness that will accompany them on their journey. I think what being an ally has taught me is compassion. Um, even though time has run out I seriously believe people go we need more time no you don't need more time you need to get your head in a book you need to get before God you need to get before rainbow people that are willing to tell you their stories time has run out but we also need to be educated and we need to make sure that we aren't argued back into our non-allied closet so we have a form of coming out a very different form of coming out as allies Um, so again I just want to encourage you as allies to get your hands on information so that not so that you can have the argument but so that you can be informed and you're not just a beautiful bleeding heart and we need beautiful bleeding hearts but we need educated beautiful bleeding hearts is that okay to say that Um, it's not enough just to go I think I want to be inclusive. Why? Come on. Why? What is your why? Where is it? Is it your holy encounter? Is that your foundation? If it is, awesome, tell your story. Just like Jill did. Tell your story because it will have impact on other people. If you're not impacted in that way, find out what your holy invitation is and find out your why. And lean into it because I really believe that as an ally, we are given a holy invitation to participate within the rainbow community as allies. Not as a rainbow community, as I've already said, we are not rainbow, but we
3: are allies. That's a good question, Amanda. (coughs) Um, So I kind of feel like part of allyship is the it's the doing the work with other people who aren't in that community so that community doesn't have to bear the burden of that, right, That's mm. something we talk around. Just listening to you talk around so many faith communities are very difficult spaces to be in being that way. How is your own view on, I guess, maybe not where the line is, but how, how able you are to be in a community that, isn't like that knowing someone has to do that work it can't be the marginalized community yep. How is your opinion on that involved?
1: Yep. Um, the last community that I was involved in I went to the leadership and twice and I said, you know what my background is you know I've done my research in this. Hopefully you trust me enough to know that I'm going to hold the interpretive frameworks with respect. My job is not to land anyone. that's God's job. My job is to help people get off the ground. And twice, um, there was no response. For me, I cannot stay in a community that is not willing to have the conversation. But you might have a different response to that. You might be willing to stay in that community and walk alongside them. And more credit to you, you are probably stronger than I am. The way that I outwork my allyship is by doing this type of thing. I'm also now trained as a spiritual director, um, and that allows me to have clients that want to undo some of this. Unfaithful, as we know that we're told that it's unfaithful to go outside our confirmation bias, and my role is to sit and journey with people who are doing that. So find the way that you are made that will fit into the way your allyship will work. It is different for all of us. Does that help? Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Was there another Christian? Yeah, go ahead.
9: I'm sorry. i It's okay. I'm not Christian yet. No, please. Thank you, Kira. Kira, Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, because I probably come here, to, I met the my migrant sector, and uh, I totally agree with her openness, and I'm joined to church now. I come from a Buddhist country, so I'm free to run, and I'm running. What is the church going to church means myself? the church makes us peace (laughs) and also sense of belonging that's right but why not for everybody is my question English people welcome disability, welcome learning disability, welcome LGBT social but mm. I'm very happy to meet Piro and I want to support this church. Like a rich person. And the refugee migrants and sector, I know young people are suffering, but can't tell. High risk to speak out. Some kind of culture not allowed to discuss this issue. Uh-oh. So, In the future, how we support these area? Vulnerable, can't say anything. Even though I'm uh, working, sorry, for a little bit. To be honest, social worker, I go to the office. How was your weekend? Yeah, I help help neighbor because he has one hand. Oh, great. I help Japanese because she was not uh, confident of English. But I say I help the guy want to be a women's dress, I take him to the shopping. (laughs) 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 This is a society, true. Mm -hmm. So I have not to say to keep my position. This is I want to change. I want to support yesterday and the people we have oh it's great, you did a great job. This is what I want to be. Also, uh, religion world uh, changing because now maybe five or six years ago, one gay mom stood up. I'm a gay. One job is my um, uh, mentor artist, and like him, is his face. <laughs> one day, uh, he showed up in the Facebook. Thousand people following him, and uh, in his uh, book, is monks wear high high <laughs> <laughs> Translated now English. So Buddhism also changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why we can't change? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I hope you you as a leader to change such mm-hmm. community. And even though I'm not Christian, if you support, that's. Movement. Oh, it's great, I can come. Mm. So it's kind of, I want to be a bridge person to enact. Yeah. Because, like, because our goal is we are happy, we need a peace, and help each other, learning each other. It's a goal. Yeah. Mm. Thank, so, you. In New Thank you. Long time I respect. church community is like a social welfare so I appreciate the Chinese, Chinese,
4: Chinese community so we can change thank you mm-hmm. don't to thanks Yasui yes. mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, just to follow up on what Yasui is doing and, and was saying and also I want to say that allyship has enriched me
5: mm-hmm.
4: has enriched my life and and. Has enriched my theology because I look at scripture at a different light, mm. with different lenses, and uh, I deconstruct uh, scriptures, and and uh, and we uh, talk about clobber verses and all that. Yeah, that that's out. But um, like if, mm. if uh, like I am of a different ethnic group, and. Um, I wanted to I have a very strong um, passion and burden for the ethnic rainbow community also most of them are closeted and I'm getting to know uh, uh, the community in Christchurch and they will not come out for fear of many levels because family and all that so in in, in order to create a pathway for them what can I do and and what Yahshui was saying uh, get, get other people involved as the bridge and so I, I asked Jennifer and Sydney Wong who's Chinese, who's with Qtopia, to come with me, accompany me to the Office of Ethnic Communities and say that this is our concern and what is the Office of Ethnic Communities doing about it and we had to bridge that, Sydney and Jennifer and myself and for the first time this year the Office of Ethnic Communities organised a conference for, Asi- for Asians and South Asians. 200 people attended. For the first time, they had a workshop for the a- Rainbow Ethnic Community. Mm-hmm. A very small group attended. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, it was there. And uh, from Human Rights, I think it's Shane. Is it Shane? His named from Human mm-hmm. Rights. He was there with Sydney Wong doing the workshop. That's where I met Yashui and we formed that connectedness. So she, Yashui will be my future bridge to her community. So this is how I, I see that I can't just walk into a community and share. We need to have that, that bridge. Mm. And, and if there are ministers here, I would like to send, send a message. Mean what you say. I get very upset when I see signs All are welcome, Mm -hmm. we welcome all But I have had stories told to me over and over again I was told to leave because I cannot participate in the leadership Mm -hmm. And and what kind of mixed signal, mixed messages are we giving to all people? I'm not only talking about the LGBTQ plus A community for all people And uh, I think the tribalism
1: attitude still exists Sorry. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anyone else that wants to share perhaps their holy encounter? About got five, five minutes. minutes. Anyone very quickly want to share their holy <laughs> <heart? laughs> encounter? Anyone have this burning desire to go, this is my story?
2: I want okay. say a very quick word. Uh, uh, called Nick Wilson, um, I'm in the Catholic Church. I'm uh, overseeing Young Church Ministry for the Diocese of Palmerston North. Uh, and I also work as the um, Catholic Church Chaplain on an ecumenical team uh, at Massey University. Um, there's a Teze chant that says, The kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it occurs to me that, that as you said, Yashui, um, that that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Pope Francis, uh, who you've probably heard of, he um, engaged the entire global church uh, Catholic, um, in the Catholic tradition to get into this way of a synod of, on synodality, which was praying and discernment and listening to each other. And overwhelmingly what has come out, not just in my uh, parish and my diocese and the, the Catholic diocese of New Zealand, but in fact across the whole of the world is about welcome and inclusion of the rainbow community. Uh, So if the Spirit's saying it, well, we've got to get on and listen to it and action it. And uh, we uh, are in the fortunate position in this country where about 15% of the entire schooling network of New Zealand is Catholic schools. We've got programs in there where we're educating um, teachers into making uh, it clear that John 10.10 is that everybody has life to the full, not some because of circumstance, whatever that might be, that they can only have a of Uh So um, it's a work in progress, it's uh, a little bit terrifying, but it's, um, when you're compelled by the spirit, you know, you sort of look at all the prophets and they're all running off in different directions and get swallowed by whales and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> Eventually, you're gonna have to stand up and that is terrifying, but it's good to know that there's actually a a ton of people that see it, uh, similarly, in the actual fact, for justice alone, for the kingdom of God alone, this is something that actually absolutely needs to have happen. So, yeah, that's what I've got to say. It was nice and quick. Kia ora tātou.
1: Is there anything I have missed? Um, We didn't want to give you a formula on how to be a good ally this morning because what God has placed in you is significant and unique and God will call you to be an ally in whatever way God has made you to be. Figure that out. Lean into what God is calling you to do. Know your why offer liberation, not just inclusion we want to move from inclusion, which is important, but we need that to trickle down to our full communities into affirmation, which then will become liberation for all we are liberation movers, I'm a liberation theologian is what I call myself, and I think as allies you are also concerned with liberation, I just want to honour you, thank you being here and acknowledge that sometimes difficult decisions have to be made um, but they are worth it and I believe they're holy invitations mm. thank you, thank you for sharing thank you for listening and we hope that you continue to enjoy the rest of the conference
0: Thank you, thank you team, that was amazing and thank you everyone for sharing your stories and.